Happy Sunday morning to you. Today it is June 12, 2022, Sunday morning with the Elohim. This conference call is being arranged, set up by Mr. Winfrey in Sedona, Arizona. And he usually is here with his friend, Terry Brown. And Wynn will give an update on the current situation of Terry here momentarily, as she is being seen in the hospital in Cottonwood, Arizona. We welcome you all and thank you for being here. The Sunday morning with the Elohim, as for many years already, Win has been able to connect through friends, through personal relationships, who are able to bring forth the voices of energies from the other side, from the other side of the, the veil. And as usual, this is a simulcast for the conference call. Another thing, another person joining in on the phone line. Welcome to you. If you want to, please say your name and location. Hi, Ross. How's it going? Good, Robin. Welcome, Hi, honey. Thank you. So during this two-hour episode, we usually have conversations where Wynn is asking questions to these sources. And let's see what's going to happen today. We might play a or some recording. I welcome the next call on the phone line. Please say name and location. Hi, hi, everyone. Shirley from Ohio. Welcome, Shirley. Hi, Shirley. Hi, CJ. Hi, And we appreciate all of you being here. As the more souls with positive intention, the higher the energy. I don't know about the rest of you. I was just walking down the street. Somebody put me here. Hey, a meeting on the line. <laughs> what's what's the name of the street? We can all go there. Uh, let's see. It's uh, Federal Avenue. And by the way, uh, you guys know what the uh, opposite of progress is? Welcome to the next caller. Please say name and location. Devolution. Hi, it's Devolution. Is it Bonnie? Yes, hello. <laughs> hello, honey. Welcome. Happy Sunday. Oh, good morning. Thank Hi, Bonnie. You. Hi, Sheikha. Hi. So the opposite Hi. of uh, progress is well known in D.C. It's called Congress. Right. Yes, Wendy? <laughs> 
Um, we should we should probably start because uh, this call is a little long, and uh, we'll probably have to cut it short anyway. And it's really interesting. Okay. Okay. All participants are muted, and they can unmute themselves. All right. Today, today it is uh, June twelfth. Here we go. The recording has started. Good morning, everybody. This is June twelfth, two thousand twenty-two. My name is Win Free. And um, this this call is titled Sunday Morning with the Elohim. And Terry, usually it's a call where I ask questions to my partner, Terry Brown, and a voice comes through her that claims to be the group of souls that created the universe. And I don't expect anyone to believe that until you start listening to some of our calls. And we've had so many things over the years that have been incredible validations. And one thing, this is actually not so much a validation for our calls, but um, probably around seven or eight years ago, seven, eight years ago, I had a synchronistic encounter with a man by the name of Terry Friedman, who was an MD. And he was an older man who was kind of one of those pioneers of holistic health many years ago. And then it came about that he had a revelation that Jesus was talking to him. And Jesus told him that he was one of his disciples, Matthew. Now, I'm not going to tell the story. I've told the story many times, but I personally had an experience that convinced me that he actually was Jesus' disciple, Matthew. And Jesus uh, started communicating with Terry and told him he'd like him to write a book about his experience with him, and he would help him with the memories of what actually happened in his life with Jesus. And Terry um, agreed and wrote the book. And he ended up getting shunned by all his medical peers. He was, you know, very well known in holistic circles. And I happened to meet him at an expo. And he came to my workshop, and he was kind of glowing in the background. And he was in a wheelchair, and I, I kind of had felt an affinity with him. And I said, I'll keep in touch with you if you like. And he gave me his phone number and called him a couple times. Then I went down to visit him. I went down, it was in Phoenix for some other reason. And I 
I decided if he was open to it, I'd go visit him. And I went to his house and we're sitting at the dining room table talking. And of course, he didn't say anything about being connected to Jesus, but he had a book on his table called The Man Who Walked With Jesus, which is the book he wrote with Jesus's help. So he says, you have to make these conclusions for yourself, but I'm convinced it was true. And um, I started thumbing through it and I could feel energy as I was reading little passages. And uh, I kept, I said, what a creative guy this is. He, he, he's talking about the story of Jesus through the eyes of Matthew. And he never said outright that he was the reincarnation of Matthew. Okay? He, um, he said he was, he didn't even say anything. He just made it like it was uh, um, a fantasy of sorts. But as I was reading it, I started feeling energy jump off the page. I started feeling my chakras open. And I've had that feeling before occasionally when I read something. And I learned to identify it as the Christ energy. And um, I looked at him and I said, you're the reincarnation of Matthew, aren't you? And he said, uh, yes. And he looked at the floor kind of ashamed because he got into so much trouble by talking about it to the, to the holistic peers that looked up to him. So on, I think it was June 15th, 2017, Almost uh, seven years ago to the day, almost, um, I was in Denver with Terry, and we were doing, I was a guest on um, Beyond Belief with George Norrie on Gaia TV. And I couldn't be here on a Sunday morning, and Hi's interviewed Terry Friedman. And this is when, we, you know, Terry ended up being a regular on our calls for until he died. It was probably at least five years. And Heist did a, a wonderful job interviewing him. And we're going to hear that interview right now. And one thing I'm curious, Everyone wants to know what's going on with Terry. So before we start, I'll just tell you, she's in the hospital in Cottonwood, Birdie Valley Medical Center. She said she was gonna come on the call, but um, she probably couldn't figure out how to work the phone. Although she may, Terry, if you're here, do star six. Hello, Terry. I should have called her and done a conference call, but, you know, she's had very low energy for a few weeks. 
And I have been trying everything to figure out what's wrong with her and fix her. And um, we have this little meter that you put on your finger that measures how well you're being oxygenated. And uh, a few days ago, I put that on her finger and normal oxygenation, it reads the oxygenation in your blood. And normal oxygenation is like 95, very high number, but that's what's normal. And then below 90 means something's wrong. Then a few days ago, I checked Terry and she was 83. And I said, I got to do something quickly. Because when I looked up what 83 meant, it meant if you stayed there too long, your organs would start to deteriorate. It's not enough oxygen to support your body. So I took her to the emergency clinic who examined her, tested her. And the problem was there was fluid in between her lung and her rib cage. It wasn't in her lung. It was in between. They didn't know where it was coming from, but it was causing her lungs not to expand fully so she could take a deep breath. And that was causing her oxygen to be running low. So they did a procedure where they put a needle into that space and drained the fluid. But they don't know why the fluid is there. And um, the fluid is starting to come back and they're observing her and testing her and trying to figure out about this fluid. And uh, that's what's going on. And um, But she's feeling much better. And part of the reason she's feeling better is because she's breathing oxygen, which is increasing uh, her oxygen in her blood. And she's getting intravenous uh, water because she was dehydrated. And uh, so far, nothing could be serious, but they don't know. <laughs> so they're evaluating it, and we'll see what happens next. And let me just make a quick check here. All participants are unmuted. Terry, are you on the line? Hello, Terry. She said she was going to come on, but... All participants are muted, and they can unmute themselves. So, guys, do you remember this interview you did with Terry Treatment? I can't really remember. By the way, if you open up all the lines and Teddy has muted herself, as he's a moderator, you don't unmute her. Now, the restricted pump, you have your phone on as well, or is it Terry? I'm on VOIP. And you don't have your phone line in no. here on the console? Okay, so this is Terry, then. 
That's Terry. Good morning, Terry. Can you hear us, Terry? No, I guess not. Okay. Good try. Okay. All participants are muted, and they can unmute themselves. So here we go. This call is about one hour and 55 minutes. We'll probably, and Highs did a great job, and he can't even remember. That's a good sign. Here we go. Today, I am your host, Highs Minderhaus, with our co-host, Uncle Terry, a.k.a. Dr. Friedman. While Winfrey and Terry Brown are in the studio in Boulder City in Colorado doing recordings for Beyond Belief with George Norrie. And this being the case, I would like to uh, energetically connect with Vin and Terry. So I'm just going to call in the light. And be one with Vin and Terry. It's kind of funny because they do these recordings at the exact times of this conference call. So it's a two-hour uh, episode. They're there in the studio. So I'm going to ask our dear Father, Mother God, the one infinite creator, for the presence of the love and light to surround and protect each person who is here on this call, listens to this later, and also our dear friends, Winfrey and Terry Brown, to connect here with us and for any negativity to be taken to the highest realms of love and light and transmuted for the highest good of all concerned. We see ourselves in the flow of energy radiating from the center of the universe moving through the galaxies, through the Milky Way, through the solar system, through the other energy fields of planet Earth, through our bodies and anchoring through our feet into the center of Mother Earth. Right now, we invoke a group energy connection amongst all of us who are here present while we maintain the sovereign integrity of our individual souls. And we invite those sources that are positive, which provide service to others, and honor the law of one to join with us and create a protected space that only the positive has access to and anything not of that nature must leave now. And let us just imagine that we are surrounding Win and Terry, who are in the studio with George Norrie at this moment, and we create a protective space, and we support them in any way possible, and we ask our dear sources for this moment to be blessed as to where the shows of Beyond Belief, where Win and Terry are partaking in, it's going to be very successful, that it may open many eyes and that many people may connect with providing service to others as to uplift our circumstances here in the 3D. So here we are, Uncle Terry. It's, it's a pleasure to have you here. Thank you. I would like to make one correction. Right. Uh, Boulder, the city of Boulder, not Boulder City, City of Boulder is a suburb of Denver, and so that's where they're at. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I, I've even been there, but I, I can't recall that that was the case, but I appreciate you correcting me, Uncle Terry. Thank you. I just wanted to All right. It, it, it's great to have you here as my co-host, yeah. Uncle Terry, and uh, I think I'm, I'm, I'm sure that most of the people who are listening to this call at this moment, 
know who you are, but there might be others who do not know who you are. And uh, so I want to just introduce you, Uncle Terry, and, um, you know, you have uh, performed your medical profession for many years, about 25 years, I believe. That's correct. And then you are uh, a pioneer in providing alternative medicine to society. What do you want to share with with us about this, uh, Uncle Terry? I felt that the future of medicine today is in alternative medicine, uh, indicating that it's important if you need surgery, do surgery, get shots if you need shots, but to also use a lot of the natural, what I call God's natural garden, because many of the drugs that we pay huge amounts money and uh, for and uh, uh, take a lot of these drugs that are uh, somewhat uh, changed by one molecule or other are really derived from natural products. So again, I, I, I remind you all that natural products from, God, from God's own garden and herbs and uh, things of that nature, which are natural ingredients, are really the, the really the most powerful healers we have on this planet. So I encourage everybody to, to go with herbs as much as possible and the essential oils as much as possible before you invite in some of these uh, very strong drugs, which are altered just enough so that, that the pharmaceutical companies can receive uh, their uh, uh, special, uh, say, say um, they, can, they can have an isolated incident of a, of a patented drug because you cannot patent natural drugs, so they go about altering that natural drug, that natural plant, that natural product, by one molecule to get it to be a unnatural drug, and that's what they sell you and patent. So, with for a lot of money, when you can have these herbs for much cheaper and they're much more effective, that's what I wanted to encourage everybody to to know that information. Yes, and heal yourself the natural way, you can say, huh? Yes. Now um, you do have your own website where you provide those herbal uh, medicine available to humanity. I will uh, say and spell your website here shortly. Um, so people, if you, if you want to, please get a pen and paper. Now, which kinds of herbs do you sell? For For which kind of a diseases do you have? herbs available, Uncle Terry? Well, um, first of all, I just say, I said they're not my herbs. They come from a company that I, I've been involved with since 90, 92. And this is Young Living Natural Products. Young Living is a product that uses essentially the oils, primarily but it's expanded to use herbs as well. So these are very effective. So I've promoted these 
for many years, but I do not sell them. The company, Young Living Company, which is located in in um, uh, Utah, will sell them, will sell these herbs. So I have nothing to do with her selling other than I can I can support you in taking the herbs. That's that's all I have to say about that. So that's my opinion that. They have less side effects, they're more potent, and uh, I recommend people try to utilize the herbs before going to a, a prescription drug, which has possibly many side effects. Some can even be fatal. So go with God's pharmacology first of all. Thank you. Yes. So now, if I'm going to mention your uh, the website, Dr. Friedman Essential Oils dot com, if people go to that website, they will be able to get these herbs from Young Living in Utah, correct? Yes, they'll be able to get the herbs and and oils that come from a plant that are distilled from a plant. So both the oils and the herbs, they'll be able to get. Most of them, not all of them, of course, but uh, a great a great number of them they'll be able to get from Utah. All right. So the website is www.drfriedmanfriedmanessentialoils.com. So that's all one word, Dr. Friedman essentialoils.com All right, and are there, are there certain diseases that these are particularly helpful for or, or is this just a, um, a general, general herb and oil that works for, for most diseases, Uncle Terry? I know, uh, like anything else, uh, every disease has a certain herb or an oil that works more satisfactory, more efficiently to reverse that disease. So that would be, I would encourage everybody, because that would be uh, the first line of defense, would be go to the herbs, go to the oil. If you have faith in those and use them very uh, religiously, we'll say, I think they can be very effective and heal a larger amount of diseases that past your, come past, past you that you're, that you're, uh, uh, con, con, you're, you're uh, contacted with, that you're exposed to. So that would be my advice. And they have a, uh, uh, the company of Young Living, I'm, I have no financial investment in it, but the company of Young Living has a large notebook that they that they sell with people who are interested that tells how to use the oils, what oils are good for what, what herbs are good for what, and so it's a wonderful guide guide for you proper use depending on what disease you're working with. All right. I advise that everyone would get that book on. The, Herbs and oils, and use that as a as a guide to uh, to combat any disease you might have. It 
it'll save you and it'll be it'll save you a lot of money in the long run. And if you take it correctly, it will be very, very, very good product. And that book is uh, the book you wrote. Yes. And which is also available on drfriedmanessentialoils.com? Yes. All right, great. So, and then um, the next book, one of your beautiful products, is The Man Who Walked with Jesus. Yes. I've read the book myself several times. It is a fantastic story. Believe it or not, <laughs> um, it, it, it's a great read, and there are many um, things that you have described in this story, and there are also some things that you did not put in the story, simply lack of, of space. I mean, there is, there is a, a great memory that you have received of, this, uh, of the life of Matthew, the apostle from our beloved friend Jesus, also known as Jeshua, Jeshua ben Joseph. Now, I certainly would like to talk to you, uh, Uncle Terry, about this book and about the experiences that you have. Hey, this is Wynn Live, and I just want to mention that I don't think Terry's website is still up since he's passed, but you can get the book. I, I made a website specially for this book, manwhowalked.com, manwhowalked.com. One word, man who walked, and uh, you can get it as a PDF for a donation, um, and you can get the hardback book for twenty-five dollars. And at different times, this book was selling on the internet for one hundred and fifty dollars from people when when it wasn't available. We have a few copies of the hardback which is still available, so just letting you know. Okay, manwhowalk.com. Described in this book. Yeah. Um, the I am, that is something what Joshua has spoken over and over, that that is one of the most powerful words you can use. That's right. Can you please elaborate on that? Oh, yeah. the, the I am is, 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 I see it connected as being being the oneness as described in Carla Ruckert, her material. And I must say that everyone has the benefit of I am. It isn't exclusive to Jesus. He says, give I am to everyone. For when you begin a sentence with I am, you have a, you've connected in, you have a lot of power because you, you're, you're, you're going to the root of, of uh, might say, creation in a way and health and wellness. So to use I am is very, very powerful in your speech. On a daily basis, use that speech, I am. And, and always be positive about that, because that is in itself a very powerful healing modality. 
and then you're saying use the words I am when you are conversing with, with uh, another person in just general talks, or are you more um, seeing this as using it in your mind? Certainly both. Both. Use it as much as you can and be positive about it because it's a very powerful statement and declaration. It, it, it says uh, more about your roots, where you're going, what created you, how you were created, that you're going along with a very powerful idea. And that can get you through a lot of uncomfortable situations. Joshua, he told Matthew in person, be at peace. You could say, I am peace, being something very powerful. I am peace or I am in peace, either one is a very powerful statement. And I try to say that daily. Uh, you can't say it too much. That's a very, very powerful statement. Yes. Now, Jeshua, <laughs> he also said that people are kind of strange in their thinking. They, they claim to be children of God, and they don't even acknowledge that I, Jeshua, am their brother. Yes. And he emphasized that time and time again. I'm not here to save you. I'm here to serve you, for I am your brother. That was exactly his statement many times to me. And I appreciate that clarification because sometimes, even though the Bible is very accurate, in my opinion, uh, certain things are, are altered to some extent by people who read the Bible. It seems to me the oneness that we are, that we need to recognize in our daily lives. That is correct. The oneness that we have with all there is is very critical. And remember, Yeshua kept telling me and everybody who reads the book that you can do the miracles that I do and more, even more, by using the I am. You can do, you can do wonderful miracles by doing that. Yes. By expressing that. It's a powerful thing to to recognize and who you are and what the I am means. I'm also reading here in, in your book it says where 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 Jeshua says speak nothing but joyful celebration and confirm that the wholeness is here in you now. Yeah, absolutely. Be positive-minded. That's right. And See, Our attitude is extremely important. Our attitude is very, very important. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And um, in your book, it's also saying to be where Joshua talks about being free of attachments to let go, of to, to forgive, to just 
to, yeah, again, to be peace in the now. Yeah, very true. To to accept, just just don't. You live in the now. You you want you have to accept what is. You cannot get around what is. So you need to just harmonize with any situation that you are in. Yes, exactly. That's a very key uh, belief system that he tried to promote, uh, and uh, it is it's sometimes forgotten by people today. That's very, very true. Just as true today as it was 2,000 years ago. Mm-hmm. He says, bless those who have rejected you. Now, Uncle Terry, I um, last night I grabbed your book and um, I started at at, at that first part. I looked into it again where Matthew was at his post collecting the taxes and he saw this dust cloud appear from a bunch of people showing up. You know which time I'm talking about. (laughs) Roughly, yes. That can can you share with us? Well, what was, happened? This was the first uh, result of um, a meeting of of Yeshua, and uh, uh, my book talking about the man who walked with Jesus tells from the six disciples because Matthew was. Out of the twelve, Matthew was the sixth chosen, and uh, and so that's why I use that title. But it was a, a, a joyous group of five disciples and Yeshua that came to my station, my tax tax station. Uh, for I indeed uh, collected taxes on behalf of Rome. And uh, so anybody that used the road that Rome had built had to pay taxes. And there were many other reasons for taxes as well, but that was one of them. So it was easy to uh, accept taxes at, at a guardhouse because after all, they had one before every major town. So in come this uh, celebrating wonderful group of five disciples and Yeshua and a lot of the other individuals that had found a home with Jesus. And uh, it so impressed uh, Matthew that he really changed his whole life. And when Yeshua came to him, it said, at that time, it said, uh, lay down all your riches and and join with me. Be one of my 12. He at first thought, is this, is this right what I do, what he asked me to do? But quickly uh, knew it was correct and gave up his role as a tax collector for Rome and joined with Jesus. In, in doing so, he gave up 
most of his worldly goods and went with Jesus as a disciple, traveling throughout the country uh, and teaching people. And that was the start of the uh, teachings of Jesus, which were very profound, more profound than have lasted so far, 2,000 years, and I'm sure it will last far beyond that. As long as there remains an earth here as our home. And then you had some wonderful experiences, many wonderful experiences being on the road with Yeshua or yes. Jesus. Yes. You met with his mom, Mother Mary, with yes. his, his brothers and sisters. Yes. I mean, this was just such a... It, it's such a beautiful story. It must have been such a fantastic experience for yourself, for Matthew. Yes, it was fantastic. It was. We didn't, at that time, realize how fantastic it was. We took it lightly, although um, Yeshua was a strong taskmaster. We still uh, we had a lot of joy in our hearts, a lot of fun. So what we did was fun as well as serious. So the fun was there at all times. And uh, I'm glad to say that he, he was married, which a lot of people do not know. Yeshua was married to Mary Magdalene. And her name came from the town she came to, which was traditional in those days. She came from the town of Magdalena. And that's where she got her name, Mary Magdalene. It's Mary of Magdalene. And uh, uh, unbeknownst, even the closest friends and, and family, uh, he married Mary uh, in the eyes of God. And they had a child, although he was crucified uh, long before that child was born. I, in the seventh month of Mary's pregnancy, he was crucified. So he, the, the, the child was born uh, after his, his involvement here in, in, in the world. And as a matter of fact, that child um, lives today and uh, is a very fantastic human being that I had the privilege to have many times in my house and appreciate where she's coming from because I recognize her greatness. I've, I've advised her on some things, and she seems to have a will of her own and knows what needs to be done. Uh, her mother took her to France after the, uh, we say, the uh, establishment in Jerusalem after Yeshua was crucified, the establishment eventually became uh, very difficult to live with. Uh, there was much fighting. The Romans was very concerned about their power and, and did a lot of uh, undesirable un, un things. So it was better at one, one time uh, for 
Mary and the child to move to France, where uh, they influenced the people of France very much, the ones they touched, and ultimately moved to the hierarchy, the political leaders of France, and became part of that that uh, ruling order of, of Frenchmen. Um, the child particularly became involved in that. And so the line of Jesus, so to speak, uh, went through France and still recognizes it for a powerhouse there. All right. Now, the daughter from Mary Magdalene and Jesus, Jeshua, her name was Sarah, am I correct? Yeah, that's correct. So, and then you're saying that Sarah is currently reincarnated here on our planet. That's correct. And you have met her in person. And yes, and I hope I've been a guide to her, too. Oh, right. That's fantastic. Yeah. Because she's still fairly... Uh, she's... Uh, around 30 years old, but she's already accomplished a lot in her life. So I encouraged her. First, I said, you know, you could be an international lawyer. Well, she would, uh, excuse me, you could be an international mother because she's very gorgeous. Not only brilliant, but gorgeous. And she poo-pooed that. You know, that's not my life. I want to do other things. And make an impact, uh, maybe a, perhaps a consulate in other countries. So um, she has a mind of her own, thank God, and uh, she's a very brilliant, brilliant and gorgeous human being. And she is a teacher. She is. She presently Wonderful. is a teacher, among other things. So back in the day when she was Sarah in her other lifetime, the daughter of Jesus and Mary Magdalene, um, I believe that before Mary Magdalene left to go to France, she she did marry another um, gentleman. Is that correct? I don't know that. I am not aware of that. Okay, okay. I thought that it was so, but I'm not certain. So, um, but then the other thing is that um, there seems to be then, through Sarah, a bloodline from our beloved brother Jesus. Yes, I would say so. All right. There's no accident. There's a plan, a divine plan. And I, I don't know all the details, but... Obviously, there's a divine plan somewhere here. And the current reincarnation of Sarah, yes, the the 30 year old beauty who is a teacher, yes. See her 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 mother in this lifetime. Her mother is uh, uh, was since uh, Mary Magdalene is no longer in embodiment here, um, her mother 
is the sister of Yeshua. One of Yeshua's sisters. Now, Yeshua, did Yeshua have two sisters or three sisters? Two. That were um, Ruth, Ruth and, and, and Hannah, right? So she's, yes. So she's, uh, she is a reincarnation of Ruth. Of Ruth, okay, okay. Yes. And she's with us still here currently in this lifetime? That's correct. And you have met with her as well? dear friend of mine. A dear friend of yours. That is yes. so awesome. Now, Jeshua had also, let's see, we had James, Joseph, Simon, and John, all brothers from Jeshua, correct? Yes, he had four brothers. Four brothers and two sisters. Yes. And, and Jeshua being the oldest. Were born natural. Yes, yes, through Joseph. Now, you've been in the house more than once in the lifetime of being Matthew. Yes. Will you please share with us what was it like to be in the house from Joseph and Maria? Yeah, I was, I was amazed at Mother Mary. She was an outstanding human being, just so beautiful, so intelligent. She had so much grace, and uh, we, we 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 sat in. We disciples sat in awe when she spoke, because she had so much knowledge within her, and we were very impressed. And uh, so I can't say enough about her, but it was a pleasure being in her presence. Uh, she was an incredible human being, and. Uh, must say that um, a very unusual thing that I wasn't aware of happened. Uh, when Yeshua was approximately 27 years of age, his father Joseph, no, not his father Joseph, got um, very ill and died. Which Mother Mary saw him as he now the head of the household, because he was the eldest son. But he excused himself from her and said, I'm sorry, Mother, I must do my father's work. So I can't be, I can't be running this household. So she was very disappointed, but that indeed was the fact. But I had never heard of this before. But now I learn about it, and that is that Joseph, the father of uh, Yeshua, although I think in the, that Yeshua explained to me that his father was a, a angelic being, uh, but the responsible person on this earth who took the role of his father was Joseph, uh, and what I had never heard of or did not was not aware of that he was a split, a split soul. By that I mean he had two identities. One was Joseph, the father of Jesus, and the other identity, which I did not 
say too much about this in the book, is uh, Joseph of Arimathea. They're both the same entity, but in two different bodies. So I didn't even know that that was possible, but I learned later on that that's what happened, that Joseph Arimathea was a very wealthy person and was uh, a uncle of, of, of Yeshua. Uh, but... Uh, a great uncle, right? Great uncle, because the first, the first uncle was of Mary. Mary. And uh, so her son, Yeshua, was this one, one lifetime uh, uh, behind that. In other words, um, that was a, he, he knew his role, and he wanted to help Yeshua. So Yeshua truly had no need for anything, because his, I would say, uh, Joseph Arimathea at that time, 2,000 years ago, was similar to uh, uh, Donald Trump of today, except instead of having real estate, he had many ships that traded all over the, the, the known world at that time. So as an education, um, and on his 13th birthday, he took Yeshua, took his wing and put Yeshua in the place of being his educator, his protector, and, and they sailed around the uh, world, which was known at that time. Uh, so that's a major education that Yeshua had gotten. Although many of the sailors on the ship that uh, they were on got a tremendous education from a 13-year-old boy at first. But he grew up from 13 for 14 years until he was 27. Spent a lot of time on Joseph of Arimathea's ship, going to different lands and learning about humanity, which was a wonderful education that Joseph of Arimathea took on. He was part of the Sanhedrin, which was a ruling class of the religious uh, uh, the religious group that was ahead of uh, the uh, known religion of Judaism in uh, Israel that day. And because he was a very wealthy man, uh, he was invited to be part of that group. And it doesn't mean that he agreed with it, but he was there with his influence and consequently took uh, Jesus on and agreed to educate him to worldly ways, and he did so for 14 years. He received a, a very wide education worldwide. He, he met with many um, high-standing evolved teachers, I believe, right? Well, certainly he did. He certainly did. And uh, I had never heard of uh, one soul having two bodies, 
simultaneously, but that is what I am told was going on there. And as a consequence, Yeshua had an unusual education, going from uh, Tintacho in England uh, to India and China and all over the, the known world then, uh, where he traded, where Joseph Amathea traded at that time. And so Yeshua learned much, learned much from the crewmen, even though they were completely unaware of who they were dealing with and were just in awe at the young, what this young boy, the first team on, the knowledge that he had. At that time, the, the uh, sailors who worked on the ship uh, were uh, deep in uh, uh, many beliefs. Superstition was one of the major problems. They were much into superstition, as thought by their father. But yes. Yeshua tried to straighten them out. Yes. Much of this is in my book. Some of it is not in my book, like saying that I don't believe. I put in my book about uh, the tooth, the split soul of Joseph, the father of Jesus, and Joseph Amathea, his uncle, great uncle. No, that's interesting to hear about that. Thank you for sharing that. Yes. And uh, before I forget, I want to tell the listeners that, so the title of the book is The Man Who Walked with Jesus. Now, if you're interested in this book, there is a special website, which I'm going to give you, which is www.manwhowalked.com. So the website name is only part of the title of the book manwhowalked.com and there you can find uh, either the way to purchase a hard copy or a PDF version of the book and you can also if you want to for free sign up for segments of the book anyway please visit that website and take it from there now Uncle Terry I would like to, um, earlier you spoke about uh, the house of Joseph and Mary and all the children, um, how, how a beautiful soul Mary was. Now, will you tell us a little bit about the house and the setting and what it looked like and, and to have an idea? Yes. Well, um, a lot of the, first of all, let me say this, the house was uh, around a, a large piece of beautiful uh, land, and in that land, Yeshua as a child uh, visited the the mice and the uh, little animals, the birds, and so forth behind the house. Behind the house, one of Mary's best friend, who was also related to perhaps become the virgin to have the child. But uh, it was Mary who was chosen ultimately uh, by God to have the special pregnancy. Uh, but so the, how the back of the house faced 
a big lot, and then the other side of this lot was um, was the house of her friend, which I also knew before she passed away. I knew her well, and she had great memories of being a, a good, close friend and confidant of Mary and uh, was also prepared by the Essene community hmm. to perhaps be one of the women who would carry uh, the sacred uh, Christ. Anyway, um, the house, yes. Uh, first of all, it had a large passageway that was covered where uh, they had a stove outside because the heat of the stove being inside would uh, have added, added a different dimension of heat to the whole building. So at that time, the ovens were placed outside the, the uh, kitchen door, and that's where the cooking had been coming into the main floor, there was a table where people sat around and uh, uh, communicated with each other while they, while they supped, while they ate. And um, so uh, this was a very big part of the house. And upstairs was the bedrooms of the children and uh, Joseph and Mary. They lived in bedrooms upstairs. So that was basically how the house was laid out. Um, obviously, no need to say that Mary had kept the house very neat, very orderly, but basically the bedrooms were upstairs and the kitchen and uh, we might say the family sitting room was downstairs. And the actual cooking part of the kitchen was in a was in a corridor outside of the door, the front door of the house. Yes, they also did have uh, animals around the house, correct? Jesus, he he loved animals, right? He loved animals. He was kind to animals. In fact, in the Bible, there's a story about a bird. I don't remember just how it happened, but the bird hit the window. And, uh, and and fell to the ground, mortally wounded. And Yeshua, loving animals as he did, got up and went outside, picked up the bird, and breathed life into the bird. So that was some of the miracles that he performed when he was yet a child. So, yes, indeed, that was very critical. Yes. Um, back to Joseph of uh, Arimathea. He he was the split soul, part of Joseph Joseph of Mary, is what you said, and um, he was a big part of Jesus. His education. He led Jesus over the world, meeting with the many evolved people. That he, he got education with, from. Exactly, he met with uh, the, the the yogis in in India. He met with some heads of state. He met with um, uh, many people throughout the world, as it was known in that time, by going with his uncle, 
and being exposed to all this. He had a wonderful education. He was exposed to all this wonderful situation with these many people and was very impressed and utilized some of the uh, things that he saw. For instance, the yogis of India taught him to uh, not feel pain um, uh, so that even though uh, the torture prior to his being put to death on the cross it would be painful. Uh, he knew how to uh, deal with it in a constructive way and not experience a lot of the pain that would have been there if he had not met and studied with the yogis in India who uh, had a way of uh, of, of dealing with pain from their mind. I see. A lot of the education he got through his uncle, he utilized through, through his life. Yes. And um, as Jesus said, he, he came to serve the world. Yes. So, said, but not to save to it, but to serve it. Yes. Came to and, um, the world. Yes. Well, one important statement Jesus made was that our mission is to give and to receive love. Correct. And we can okay. do that at any any time, at any day in our daily life. We can give and receive love and and forgive. Don't hold back. Don't hold back. Do it. Do it every time you have an opportunity. When this opportunity comes to you, go ahead and give love regardless. Don't be judgmental, which is very hard to do in some cases. But just give and receive love because you'll get back tenfold from what you give. And he said, be humble and the meek shall be rewarded. And shall inherit the earth. Yes. Those are all such a simple but very great teachings. Yes. We just need to convince ourselves to take care of ourselves in this way that we shine love at any time possible, and that we shall do unto others the way that we want to be treated. It, it's all very simple stuff, but it's just the way that we have been programmed as to believe that we are born in sin, sometimes think. We have to enlighten ourselves by seeing the Christ within ourselves, the power that we have within us. Exactly, exactly. So we have the power. We just need to acknowledge it and accept it. Because, as Jesus told me, uh, Matthew, he said, and he called me Matthias, 
which was Aramaic word. He said, you will do the miracles that I do and more. So I said, how can that be, Master? He said, well, I'm, I'm your teacher. I know more. But he said, you can do more because you'll have this time in on the earth to do many miracles. So you can do more miracles than I have done at this point. And I did leave, lived to be in my late, in my mid-60s, which was extremely unusual for that time. But I, I did what he asked, go two by two around the area that I know and to postulate about his truth. Because he never said, go to a big church. No, he said, you can have church in your home. That's quite a right. Yes. Must be a religious Christian. No, there wasn't such a thing at that time anyway. But he said, the best thing is to go with your father's religion and just be kind. And you can have the, uh, the service in your home, with your friends. That is quite right and accepted by God. Yes. Now, another thing, Uncle Terry, um, that was after the crucifixion, um, the 40 day that Jesus, you know, he had ascended, and then you still met with your brother Jesus. And you mentioned in your book the Merkaba, the ascended form vehicle. Yes. Jeshia was able to be at more places at the same time. And I read that um, online I saw that the Merkaba stands for the light spirit body. Is that something the light spirit body that can only be achieved after ascension, or is that accessible to us now? Good question. Um, as far as I'm aware, you must have gone through the ascension to be able to have a Merkaba to, um, and to operate a Merkaba. It's an extension of your own body and you travel through to through the earth and all the universe in the Merkaba. It's a vehicle, if you will, allows you to get from one place to another quickly and easily. And uh, it's like a dodecahedron, which is one one uh, pyramid uh, with a pinpoint apex pointing upward, and the other, another pyramid uh, with the apex pointing downward, inter intertwined, and that's the Macabre's shape, and uh, um, definitely it's important that you recognize that you will have the excess of a Macabre at a certain time during your, during your uh, lifespan. I'm talking about a lifespan that goes from life here to life other places and on and on. It's 
never ending. Mm-hmm. Great. Now, Uncle Terry, I want to see, um, I want to open up the lines to see if we have any questions from the listeners. I'll Hold on one you. second. All right, so please, if you have background noise, keep keep that down. I'm going to open up the lines and see um, if there are any questions. <laughs> any questions? I have one. Go ahead. Hi, Donna. Hi. Hi, Uncle Terry. Hi there. I would like to ask this question. Did Jesus ever choose to reincarnate again on this earth in a physical body? Uh, I think right, let me mute the lines here quick to keep the Okay, Uncle Terry, the mic to you. That's a good question. I wish I had a simple answer to that because <laughs> uh, it's a wonderful question. Um, I'll try to answer the best I can. I believe that in certain cases, an aspect of him, and what does that mean? Well, I'm not too sure, but I'll say it. An aspect of Jesus had a lifetime or two here. That's my opinion. So, yeah, that makes me also thinking of, of what you mentioned uh, regarding uh, Joseph having a split soul, correct? Yeah. yeah? Exactly. And, uh, but also what we, I believe we do know from your book is that Joshua, Jesus, that he was, incarnated here before his life as Jesus. That is so, right? Well, he came to me a million years ago and said, uh, I need you to help me with this project on, the, on our planet Earth. We, 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 uh, both me and he were from different areas of the universe. And uh, he approached me one day and asked if I would be part of his project here on Earth. And that was roughly a million years ago. That was when you were in the higher realms? Yes. Yes. So I had been ascended already, but came, agreed to come back and, and go through the whole process again to help him with his project here. So he was brought from his area where he lives, and we didn't live in the same uh, constellation. We lived in several separate ones to go mm -hmm. down to the, to the dog star and um, and be kind of reintegrated down there and reeducated. He was there, kind of a step down, and eventually he came he came to the earth as did I for our project here, and, and it wasn't only, our project wasn't only in, in Jerusalem and Israel, no. We had projects all through uh, the, our lifetimes here, our many, many lifetimes here. And uh, so he uh, reascended, uh, so he came, he was in ascended state, he chose to be unascended and come down in his body here, and and then then he he became unascended in a way of speaking, and uh, 
did his projects here, which he had uh, several lifetimes here, even after his lifetime with Jesus, which were uh, aspects of him. And they weren't, I, I, I hesitate to say who he was, because he's asked me to not to, but I do know some of the people of, of history uh, in the last 2,000 years. Uh, his energy was in, in that person. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I care to um, brag about him because uh, I'm, not, I'm not in accordance with the way they, they lived their life. But uh, that was another aspect of him. Mm-hmm. That's great to know. Now, um, I would like to open up the mics again to see if we have another question. Thank you for sharing this, Uncle Terry. So, again, please keep your background noise down. I open up the lines right now. I have a question. We all have a question. I have a question. We all do. Question. I have a question. Um, Uncle Terry, did did you know Anna, um, the mother of Mother Mary? Oh, yeah. Hello? Uh, Close the line, please. All right, Uncle Terry, so did you know Anna, the mother of Mother Mary? uh, She lived in uh, a town about three miles away from uh, where Mary Magdalene lived, where, where Mary, uh, the, the, uh, Mary, where Mary lived, Jesus lived. So yes, I did know her, and uh, her brother, her brother was Joseph of Arimathea. Yes. So Anna was the the grandma from Jeshua slash Jesus. Correct. Correct. All right. Yes, that's correct. So that also, well, actually, I'm going to open up the lines again, see if somebody else has a question. Here we go. Anyone a question? The church teaches that Jesus died for original sin. And I wanted to know if that was true, and if if not, why did he allow himself to be crucified? All right. Hold on one second. All right, Uncle Terry. I did not hear her last. The, the, the question was if Jesus died from the original sin, and, and why, did he, uh, why was it allowed for him to be crucified? That's the question, the way I understood it. Well, it was as much for him as it was for us to have him crucified, because it, it, it had, a, had a very def- God had a definite purpose in mind when he allowed him to be crucified. And it was part of his, it was part of his ascension and his education process. Um, I'm not even sure we 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 discussed the original sin. I'm not even, I'm not even totally sure what that means. Uh, I have to be honest, because Yeshua did not have too much to say about the original sin, and what does that mean? I'm not totally sure. Uh, I 
appearing in the Bible talks about it, but I'm not clear exactly what that means. But I do know that um, his death was uh, a help to us because of the fact that he took on a lot of our our sins at that time. So he he uh, shouldered those sins and took them on himself. We would be free of that. So that's my that's my knowledge of that. Now I I, I believe that I read in your book that the original sin originates from the the time that we separated ourselves from the original source as to where we became individuals. Could that be so? In a way, that's true, but um, God has said many times, there is no way, no freaking way you could ever be separate from me. You are part of me. You might think that you're separated from God, but you're never, never separated from God. So that's why I say I'm not sure where to put that information because uh, the whole concept is uh, incomplete. You can never be separated from God. God is all there is. He's, you know, he's all the, the power that we'll ever need to know in this world. So uh, it's impossibly separated from him, although in our minds we might think we have. So that's, that's, that's part of the whole thing right there. Now, the crucifixion, yeah. as this lady was asking. Now, it seems to me that this was part of the plan. Yes, certainly. If if we know God, this was definitely a plan. And one one thing is that um, the night where Jesus was captured, that Matthew and his brothers kind of got burst on the wine, am I correct? That's correct. And you guys kind of like had to sleep off the consumption of the wine while he 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 felt it coming. He he knew what the plan was, and he had a hard time with it because he was dealing, although he seemed such a perfect person, but he was dealing with his own ego, right? That's right. So he was wondering, how can this be true? All my brothers, they're asleep, and they, they're letting me down. They're not praying with me. That's right. And then, fortunately, as I just understood from you, he was educated on how to deal with the pain he physically had to endure during the crucifixion. That is correct. And yeah. even even in his education, his whole education was geared to assist him in that time. Even even his uh, Joseph Arimathea taking him to uh, India to see how the yogi did with pain. So all that yeah, his whole education, his whole life was around preparing for the crucifixion. Although. At times he was not aware, completely aware of that, although he, 
he suspected it. And remember, God always gives us um, an out. If we choose not to go with uh, the program that God has set up, he allows us to opt out, and somebody will come behind you and take over that mission if it's important enough, and this certainly was extremely important, probably one of the most important things that happened in, in the life of, of us on Earth. Uh, he had a backup because of the fact that we have free will. He had to allow for a backup that if we decided we're not taking that uh, role as uh, crucified and take on the sins of mankind, uh, um, and transmute them. Uh, that's what uh, Yeshua did, transmuted our mistakes, our uh, feeling of going a different direction. He transmuted that. And if we, if Yeshua decided not to do it, he had somebody uh, going to take his place uh, and, and follow through on that. But, of course, we, as we know, Yeshua took took that uh, took that on and went through with that, even though it was painful. He did it. Yes. Now, what also came to mind is I don't know if you, uh, as Matthew, were a witness of um, the time you probably were when. Mary of Magdalene, when she was saved by Jeshua, of being stoned. You you were present there, right? I was present there. Yes, and because then again, you, you we are looking at a big plan, because Mary Magdalene, she, I don't know where she was at when she was in this terrible position of being almost stoned, but she was very high evolved um, in, in in enlightenment she was right that was your experience right she was she was right there next to Jesus that's right and they had a very it was his twin flame his twin flame his twin yes. flame yes so were there did, did you Learn from her when when you were present in her life back then. How how was your connection with her? Were you maybe jealous? What was your connection? How how was your relationship with Mary of Magdalene? Yes. Remember that um, she was always around after that period of time, and uh, we we spent a lot of time with her, and uh, we disciples were, not only me, we were jealous of her, uh, of her influence. Remember, we were dealing with boys um, at that time in our life history when women didn't have a big face or a bug was going on, so she was subjugated to a, a lesser role. In fact, when we had the Last Supper, as I said, book, you wouldn't, you wouldn't permitted to set at the table. She was relegated to a, doing the cooking in the kitchen. So that was part of the, the feeling at that time that 
women were second-class citizens. But in her case, Yeshua knew better and knew that she was equal to him in every way. So, uh, so yes, indeed, uh, we did not know those things because it was not custom. It, it, it turned our life, that life, that those things were not custom. And uh, Yeshua educated us, but pretty much shielded his marriage to her from us, even though we were with him a lot. Uh, in fact, 24 hours a day, we were with him. And the only time we were not with him was when we were asleep. So, um, yet in spite of that, he had a relationship with with. Mary, and uh, that was his twin flame. So yes, indeed, we, we 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 did not know, we did not have the wisdom at that time to know all these things. So we had our own opinion. Yes, the um, you all of course had your human side. You all had your your ego. And uh, that's what you're all dealing with. It was a uh, a great learning experience for for each of the disciples. Absolutely. All right, I am going to open up the line again. See, we have another question. As you can tell, Uncle Terry, I, I changed uh, much schedule as I had in mind. I'm going to drop a thing and then continue with this beautiful discussion about your book. This is too great. All right, so if you have any questions, please speak up. Hi. Hi. Did he make it over to the to the U.S. after he had been crucified? The is if he managed to come over to the U.S. after his crucifixion is the question? Yes. Yes, okay, I'm going to close the lines again. There's a lot of black background. Noise. What was his question? The, the, the question was, uh, did Jesus visit the United States after his crucifixion? Yes, good question. Well, as you all know in the book, I point out that he came to the United States during his lifetime with his Uncle Joe, Joseph Amethia. But he also came back um, after his crucifixion is quite the quotal, who is a winged serpent uh, in, in in Mexico, in Central America. He also came back as to the American Indians as a white buffalo. So he did come back in different, different forms after his ascension. That is very true. As, as he did, he went to other, other countries as well. Very few countries were left. Uh, alone, he, he put his he put his energy into many many countries uh, and places around the world after he was crucified. And certainly, the United States and Mexico was certainly part of that. And, and it was all the white buffalo is a good representation, and Quetzalcoatl, uh, who is a a sacred uh, god of, in Mexico was with him as well. And one of the things about him, a winged serpent, is that he could he could go straight.
straight up in the air. I mean, he was, you know, he had the ability in the sentence form to go straight up into the air. And uh, the uh, spears of this, of this Mexican, the Central American uh, natives, did not hurt him, did not touch him. They just bounced off and didn't know it, so they recognized they had a real, a real important uh, person here, or uh, God here, if you will. And it was in those 40 days after the crucifixion where Jeshua right. traveled the car by the ascended form vehicle, the light spirit body, yeah. where he educated many societies around the world. Exactly. All right. Thank you. Now let's see. I'm going to open up the lines again. See, we have another question. Please speak. Yeah. Any further questions? Yes, I have a question. Hi. Go ahead, man. Yes. Uh, the question is this. Uh, uh, we talk about scenes, but uh, scenes really, uh, that doesn't, doesn't make any sense when we have free will. And, and I like him to, to to clarify this between scenes and free will. It doesn't make any sense to me. And uh, one more thing is, uh, did Jesus, uh, after his crucifixion, did he really die on the cross? Because I heard that uh, he uh, was taken to uh, India uh, by his um, uncle, uh, Joseph of Arimathea, and, and there, lived there until the age of 102. Thank you. Thanks for, thank you for your question. Uncle Terry, can you please answer that question? I, I heard the second question. I, I didn't hear the first one, so I'll answer the first one. And then Hyde, if you will uh, explain the, 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 the first question, I will, I will uh, answer that too. First of all, um, did he live to 100 whatever? No, he did not. He died and ascended from the cross. And in five days, he became completely ascended in of a very spiritual uh, existence at that time. And then came back to earth in his spirit form the ascended form to teach us and teach the rest of the world. So, and the fact that he, he is said to uh, to to have lived that long that's that's untrue. And uh, one of the problems that a lot of the extraterrestrials that were on the earth at that time thought that they could take his body and make him. Uh, do whatever they needed. They thought, let's have more of Jesus. He's uh, definitely a special person, but they found out that, sure, they had a, a dead body, but there was no soul within it. It was just an empty emptiness. Now, so I hope that answers the second question. Now, please, Heist, will you remind me what the first question was. The, the first question was about uh, the person not understanding the original sin. And he um, said also, you know, we have free will. How can there be an original sin? Oh, yeah. Good question. 
Well, first of all, remember with free will, God will not be uh, bothered if you choose not to do your your project. In other words, you have an out. If Yeshua did not want to be crucified and ascend, he could have opted and he would have another energy aspect of himself would come in and do that do that mission so he was not forced to do that mission he could he could either do it or not do it god would not criticize him one way or the other that was entirely up to we have free will here as you yourself said we have free will here which means that uh, we're given projects, but whether we want to do it, whether we're going to do it, whether we choose to do it, that's entirely up to us. We have free will, and God understands that. So he always has backup. So we choose not to do it, but the project is so important that it must be done by someone. So he has alternatives, which are aspects of ourselves. Does that, does that help? I hope it does. Yes, and, and, and in the meantime, I'm uh, looking here at uh, your book, The Man Who Walked With Jesus, and uh, Joshua is, is talking to you here. This is on page 163. It says, a sin is not breaking a rule per se. Sin is an error against your truth. It is a choice that is not in wholeness. It is not being in your wholeness, but rather being in separation. Sin is your transgression. That is correct. Yes. So a sin is, uh, we do a sin uh, perhaps not realizing what we're doing or being too afraid to do what we're supposed to do. We may know what we're supposed to do, but be too afraid, whatever. We're forgiven. It's not a problem. You can opt out if you wish. But still, there will be someone else. It's important it's important to do. There will be someone else who will be chosen. Another aspect of yourself to come around and do, do that project if you choose not to. So that, that's considered a sin, but it's not a sin. It's a sin against ourselves. We do against ourselves. Way. Is that clear? Yes. You know, and I, I want to uh, say something regarding our language. You know, what, what we are doing here is talking. We, we're using those, those letters and words that are available to us, but there is so much more beyond our written and spoken language that we cannot communicate to one another here at this point. That's how I see it. So it can be tough sometimes to try to explain things like this. But no, thank you very much, Uncle Terry. Thank you, and, and that's very true what you say. In fact, some some civilizations and other, other constellations do not speak at all. They, they communicate uh, through mental telepathy. And in that way, uh, the information, uh, which does not go through words and language, is more accurate. It goes directly from you to the other one, directly. 
transmission of of our uh, of, 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 of our our word much more accurate transition transfer trans trans what am I trying to say is a much much more accurate way of communicating from one person to another in fact some of the uh, entities around this galaxy uh, speak and some do not speak but uh, because there's a lot of difficulty in translation uh, by the many many different uh, entities in our in our galaxy that metatelepathy is the most accurate way because that's a thought form that is accurate and much much more easily uh, sent from one individual to another who have different languages. It can be much more accurate. Yeah, true. that's very true. Yes, to my understanding, to uh, our beloved brothers and sisters from the Ra group and Elohim group, they uh, do communicate not in a, um, in, in a language with letters or words. It is in a language with, uh, with math. They use numbers and calculations at a high level. And pictures. Don't forget pictures. Pictures. All right, all right. Yeah. Yes. Great. So, Uncle Terry, this is... Um, hold on, this is not the right one. This was just such a great discussion, a great opening up of the book, The Man Who Walked With Jesus. I, I greatly appreciate you being here with us today. And what I would like to do is um, next I would like to uh, look at uh, the healing list. Okay. <clears throat> Man, that was a great interview. Um, listening to it now, how well you did. And, uh, this, uh, you, you know, after Terry initially came, we interviewed him on a Monday, one of our Monday calls, and then um, shortly thereafter, I interviewed him on this call, and and we have the Christ energy on our calls. You know, this is it's not a matter of believing something. It's not a matter of believing in anything. It's a matter of immersing yourself in that energy till you get it. And uh, it's an energy that when you get it, you get it, you can feel it, you can feel it when other people have it. And, um, and it's not like when you get it, it's always there. But let me see. I thought, I, I think I might see Terry in the line here. Just a moment. Terry, are you on the line? Terry? Hello, Terry. Terry Brown? No. I'm on the line. Oh, wonderful. Thank you. Thank you for say, saying hello to us. And... Uh, you, did, you never heard that, that interview, did you? I think I did. You did? Because yeah. we, were, 
we were in Colorado at the time, you know. But maybe you listened to the replay. How are you feeling yeah. this morning? Well, I'm a. Uh, I can tell you're a I'm little. Okay. You're a little bit. Your energy is a little lower than when I talked to you earlier, huh? Right. Yeah. Okay. Let me let me give everyone a chance to say hello to you. All right. Okay. Just a moment here. All participants are unmuted. Hi, everybody. Hi, Terry. Hello, Terry. Positive greeting, Hi. love. Hey. Hi, Terry. Hi, Terry. Hi, Terry. Hi, Terry. Hi, Terry. Remember what Churchill said when you know, how he did what he did? Keep on keeping on. We all love you. Thank you. Send me lots of love, Terry. And on that note, we're going to go into our healing list. Um, I mentioned people who are on BBS. All participants are muted, and they can unmute themselves. Or anyone else. Um, there's still a chance to get Terry Friedman's book, The Man Who Walked with Jesus. We have a few hard copies. I don't usually put it out to sell, but since we did Terry today, I strongly recommend it. It's very inspiring. You know, after Terry came to our calls, people in our calls were so inspired. Dimitri in Massachusetts started doing a Saturday call with Terry, just a discussion group. And um, uh, Carolyn was going to Kenya, and she, as, as, a, as a teacher, Every year she would go as a teacher, and um, she started doing uh, a study group in Kenya on Terry's book, and many people were very inspired, you know, particularly if you have had Jesus as an icon in your spiritual growth. It explains Jesus, Terry explains Jesus in a very human way, not as an exalted way. Of course, he was exalted, but he was human, and he had, you know, human attributes. And he liked to have a good time, and he liked to party and all that stuff. So is CJ here? I know she's here. I am here. Yes, I am here. And every Sunday, I don't know how I picked you, CJ, but you're definitely the right person to do this. We are going to go through our <laughs> healing list. CJ is in England with her horses. You're still with your horses, right? 
Yes. <laughs> okay. And let's see. Looks to me like we have 12, 12, 12, 12, 16, 6, 12, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7 people, 7 people on the list. And, uh, of course, before we go through the whole list, Terry's not going to make comments on this. She's going to be holding the energy and connection. Our sources do pay attention to this list. And um, I'm sure it's, even though Terry's not going to answer, it is still very effective. Um, and I turn it over to Sija. Thank you. I call in the love light of protection around each and every person on this healing list, listening to the call, each and every person that's a subject of the healing list, listening to the replay or reading a transcript. John from Las Vegas. Please put decentralized cryptocurrencies into the love light for massive worldwide adoption, for privacy, and for them to be used as a monetary system that is free from capital gains tax and free from surveillance. Please help decentralized cryptocurrencies to become more accessible and easy for people to use and understand. Thank you. Roger from Austin, Texas. My good friend, Bob Browning of Texas, of Austin, Texas, was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer last November. His doctors told him he would be dead within weeks. After I sent several healing requests, he seemed to partially recover, had a positive outlook, and the doctors put him on chemo with a 50% prognosis. But last Sunday, he suddenly went down and passed over. I wish to ask how he's doing in his new surroundings and that our sources help him to understand what happened. I believe he was not a religious person and was skeptical of my request for healing, so I am now sure that he's being challenged in understanding his new life situation. Thank you and love light to all. Thank you. Um, since Terry is not responding to these things, and she's conserving her energy, <clears throat> we just request <clears throat> that our sources work with Bob, however, to improve 
whatever's going on with him on the other side. Come back to Tita. Thank you. Gretchen from Mesa. Humbly requesting healing for the highest good for myself and family. Thank you in gratitude. Thank you. And I would like to add, and I'd like to, everyone to hear this. You know, <clears throat> in this last episode with Terry, I was doing a lot of searching. And one of the things which seems to be a miracle for many problems is high doses of vitamin C, and particularly liposomal vitamin C. When Terry was going through her cancer, we used to get IV treatments once a week. And every time it improved her, uh, her energy went up. And we couldn't afford more than once a week. It was about 150 to $200, I think. But um, <clears throat> this new version of vitamin C called liposomal vitamin C is supposedly as good as IVs. And it's important to take it, uh, not just once a day, but maybe five or six times a day, maybe two grams, if you can stand that much, if it doesn't affect you. Otherwise, lower the dose. And there's a lot of manufacturers of it, and the one we I started getting recently was called Boardroom, Boardroom Vitamin C. It's a liposomal liquid, and it was it's very powerful. And um, although for what's wrong with Terry, it was as far as we know, it's not cancer, and it's not an immune problem of sorts. It's a uh, it's a uh, systematic problems. They're working on that. And back to you, CJ. Thank you. Michael from San Diego, California. Please put Joseph Gallion into the light for general healing. Please also put Michael Adler into the light for healing of joints skeleton system, and muscular system, from episodes of extreme cramping and pain. What is the cause? Is there a mineral or vitamin that I have a deficiency of that is causing this? Thank you for your attention and energetic vigilance of us all and love to all. Thank you. Since I mentioned vitamin C, you might look up vitamin C joints. Seems to me I read something about that, but I can't remember. Vitamin C, whatever your problem is, and see if anyone is uh, reporting it. Another good way to check it out is to go on Amazon and look up liposomal vitamin C and look at the companies that have 
a lot of reviews, and read the reviews because you might find out what works for other people and maybe something that you have. And back to you, Theta. Thank you. Alan from Keyport, New Jersey. I am so grateful to you all for your love, friendship, and encouragement. It seems to me you're encouraging each of us to place our concerns in the light, not just for ourselves, rather for each other, most recently, Terry and Wynne. Thank you again. The prayers offered are not ignored, yet you never violate free will. What grace and love you continue to reveal. May we learn to expand our intentions to effect more on this planet as we embrace and believe the hologram thus created will vibrate with great intensity, thus the highest good of all as the Christ consciousness becomes more real with love and gratitude. Thank you. Thank you, Alan, and um, thank you for your own dedication and your own impact on everyone's hologram. And also, thank you. Back to Peter. Thank you. Peter from England. Thank you to all of our beautiful friends in the higher realms for co-creating with us and helping us to manifest a magnificent new reality. Thank you for Terry's protection and perfect healing, restoring her body, mind, spirit complex to perfect health in all timelines, densities, and dimensions. Thank you. Thank you. Um I would like to add the request to um, keep any of negative influences in other realms from impacting anything to do with Terry's healing. And, um, you know, two, two days ago, when Terry was first in the hospital, <clears throat> I would just said, I just asked for the Elohim. We didn't really do an official channeling or anything. I just said, I want to ask for the Elohim to be here and help. And Terry suddenly looked at me and said, we leave, but we do not leave, which was obviously our sources talking to me. And if you're on BBS radio, and we're going to continue this. We have a few more things on the healing list, but we're going to cut off any minute. I just wanted to let you know, if you're interested in our work, go to thespiritchannel.net, thespiritchannel.net, where you'll find the phone numbers for all of our calls. And approximately 2,000 sessions we've done 
in the archive session and pick one and listen to it and see if your energy shifts and you'll know the value of those calls. And back to you, Zita. Thank you. Ken from Mississquire, Ontario, Canada. I'm trying to expand my business after setbacks from the pandemic. I am not sure if I should do something else or get new opportunities. Please help me make the right decisions moving forward. Thank you. And we just reinforce that you can, for the highest good, attract the things to you that you need for your own success. Back to Egypt. Thank you. That was the last person on the healing list, so thank you, Wynne. Thank you, Terry. Thank you to our sources. Thank you to Highs. And thank you to everyone on the call. Much love to you all. Thank you, Sija. And I thank everyone for being here. And I just wanted to say, if you're not one of those people that have discovered Whole Planet Healing, check it out. You know, it's a way, not only are we putting out intentions to shift the world, but there's a wonderful energy on that call, and it is a way to help yourself stay in better balance while all of these changes are happening on our planet. You can find the phone number for that. We do it every night at 7 o'clock. So it's got a really grounding influence. And when you get into the energy of it, people just keep coming back and keep coming back because of all the benefits it's having as well as the way that it's impacting the planet, okay? The phone number for that is on thespiritchannel.net. I thank all of you for listening, and I thank all of you for being here. And um, let me unmute everybody. I think All participants are unmuted. Hi, so you're going to play some music? Some songs? 